Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A very good morning. Ben Davis with you again in the chair all this week for Pat and Heels who are enjoying their summer break already. Thanks for padding up and slipping on the box with me this morning because you will need every single piece of protective gear you can get. Why? Well, Queensland cricket is on the verge of going broke. I love the idea of the Gabba being redone. I think it needs to. The Olympics are coming. How good. I'm so excited. It's 10 years away. I'm still excited. But at the same time, it's going to displace Queensland cricket a hell of a lot. It's about $45 million. We'll be out of pocket over the four years. It's about 12, almost $12 million a year. And to be honest, if, if that's the case, then I don't know what's going to really happen to Queensland cricket. We could be broke in three or four years' time. And Usman Kawaja, the people's champ, speaking yesterday. If the Palaszczuk government gets its way and makes sport pay for the new home that they have to reside in while the Gabba is being built or rebuilt, cricket will go under. If this plan goes ahead, Queensland cricket will go broke. Yesterday you and I hinted at this. I, I, I knew there was a massive hole. I knew there was going to be a downfall and a short side. But today, we have the numbers. And look, this is not opinion. This is counting. Those numbers, 45 million, it makes for worse reading than David Warney's test average for the last two years. But confirmation, Queensland cricket would be in the hole for $45 million, not playing at the Gabba. That does not even bring in the cost of a new home, lost revenue that they are chasing compensation for. The $45 million is the amount of money we'll lose by not playing at the Gabba. Then we've got to find somewhere else to play. I know Queensland Cricket has asked for help for Allen Borderfield, which is our spiritual second home of cricket here in Queensland. It's an investment in Brisbane, in Queensland, from my point of view. You have two stadiums and you just don't have the Gabba. You've got another stadium, 10,000 people, big bash can be played there. Women's cricket, women's BBL, more seating for them. There's a lot of positives that go for that, but Queensland Cricket can't do that on their own either. I mean, we need help. We need help from the state government. And the state government is displacing Queensland Cricket, one of the sports they are. There needs to be some sort of help from the government to be able to do that. And right now, it's really disappointing to see that the government is sort of turning a blind eye on us. Yeah, there we go. Usman Kawaja uh, hooking the Palaszczuk government's decision to make them pay, hooking that for six. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. The Suncorp Home Resilience Line is open. Forget the Ecker, Allen Borderfield. We're off to Albion if Queensland Cricket got their way. W- would you? Would you go? If not, why not? Have you been to Allen Borderfield? How easy is it to get to? What's the experience like? They want an upgrade. Are you in favour of this? This is the biggest sports story in this state right now. You may argue, and yesterday we had this conversation about the Lions coming off the AFLW Premiership, the Big Bash starting 
in a couple of days' time here at the Gabba. David Warner, Mitchell Johnson, that fight. Well, guess what? This is the umbrella that arches over everything. And you know what? You've got skin in the game. Why? Simple. You're paying for it. Whether it's via the Brisbane City Council and your rates, whether it's via the state government and your taxes, your stamp duty, whether it's via Canberra and the other taxes you pay, you have skin in the game. And we're talking about our two truly national sports, cricket and AFL. We heard cricket sides yesterday, and this to me was the perfect foil. We've had politicians argue about this. We've had the Lord Mayor on the on the phone yesterday. We've heard from the state government, politicians. <sighs> yeah, exactly. But now you've got the people's champ. You've got Usman Khawaja, captain of Queensland, captain of the Heat, test opener for Australia, laying it bare. Queensland cricket would go broke under this model. So who pays? And is their solution of going to Albion the right one? Where does that leave the AFL? So many questions, so many thoughts. I know you've got an opinion on this again. It is your money that is going to be spent here. Compensation for Queensland Creek. Well, that's got to be part of it, surely. $45 million. And then they're asked to be paid and asking for another payment of $30 million on top of that to renovate the Ecker. So who should pay? Should they go to Albion? Would you be happy with that? What's your experience? Have you been to Allen Border Field? Do you like it the way it is? Well, it won't be the way it is. They'll be knocking down the brown brick building there, Queensland Cricket Headquarters, to get another temporary, or not a temporary, another grandstand in there. That's part of their vision. They're looking at a 10,000-seat stadium. 10,000. Nice, but hang on. We're talking test matches here as well because we need to find a new home for that. Or are you comfortable with going to Carrara. Because that's what the Premier wants. Oh, Anastasia, hey, we've got a stadium at the Gold Coast. Why don't the Heat and the Lions want to go there? No, they don't want to go there. Because here's a clue, Premier. Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Heat. The clue is in the name. Not the Gold Coast, not Carrara. If you're old enough, and I'm sure you are, to remember the Bad News Bears when they started in the then VFL... At Carrara in the 80s. Has it got much better than that? Oh, yeah, there's a stadium there. How do you get there? You're not going, are you? Yeah, exactly. 131355, the Suncorp Resilience Hope and Line is there for you. Are you showing resilience in this? Where where should they go? Albion's now on the table as far as Queensland cricket's concerned. Would you be a fan? Would you go there? 13, 13, 55, 0467, that's 736, 736. Uh, ben Davis with you again, as I said, for all this week for Pat and Heels. We are doing it this morning all thanks to Hyundai Queensland. What about this? The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. Yeah, we are cricket heavy because that is that time of year. But we will be talking state of origin today with our great mate Brent Tate. Why are we talking state of origin in December? Simple. I touched on this yesterday, and there was a lot of cricket feedback, so I wanted to reinvigorate it today. Wayne Pierce, junior, New South Welshman, played for Australia, outstanding. But he's now on the ARL Commission, and he wants to put forward the idea of opening up the origin eligibility rules. Jeez, we hear about this every year, don't we? But he wants to open it up to Englishmen and Kiwis. 
I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Englishman and Kiwi. Someone like a Victor Radley, who's played for New South Wales, but has now committed himself to England. He wants Victor Radley to be able to play State of Origin. And then that would also open it up to someone like Jason Tomololo playing State of Origin. Does that strengthen the product or weaken it? Something I'll be putting to Brent Tate. I wouldn't mind asking him as well, the lure of the Warriors. He is in the same boat right now that Kurt Catewell is, having those decisions, thinking about what do I do? Do I leave Red Hill where I've got another year or do I go across the Tasman where I've got a more secure future? Brent Tate had that same decision to make. Geez, I reckon that'd be about 15 years ago. Tate's in the same boat. We'll get his take on that. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The Matildas are playing Canada. That's right, the second of their series or the second match of their series. That happens tomorrow afternoon, our time. But if the weekend was anything to go by, don't expect a win. It just changes the whole dynamic of how the game's played. Um, It's a lot quicker. Your detail of pass has to be perfect. Um, The spin on the ball, the bounce on the ball um, is completely different. So it does take a little bit to get used to again. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something that takes time when you're on it and used to playing on it. It becomes normal. But when it's been a while, there is quite a big difference. All right, that was Caitlin Ford from the Matildas about playing Canada, about playing on the different surface over there. That's right, they're they're playing on AstroTurf. They're playing on uh, synthetic grass. But the big thing out of it is who is playing for the Matildas. We saw on the weekend the experimental side, 10 changes, two of them on debut, 15 of the players in the Matildas squad had 15 games or less. Experimental side, Tony Gustafsson. What happened? A 5-0 belting to the Matildas. But you know what? He's doubled down, Tony Gustafsson. He said, I'm going to continue the experiments. Not too many in this side of the world are happy about it. The hypothesis. What are you actually testing here? Mm. Who's actually got the character to stand up to these people? How do we get them to play and show what they can do as individuals when it, when it's clearly just... It's almost like cannon fodder. I'm getting very emotional with my language here. I don't want to offend people, but it might be too late for that. It's Showing good passion. It's almost like... just It's like cannon fodder. Cannon fodder indeed. They're going up against the Olympic champions again in the next 24 hours. Are we going to see much of the same? Is it valuable experience? Is this something that the Matildas need? It was their first loss after the World Cup. Experimental stages are qualifying for, not qualifying for the Olympics, but getting ready for the Olympics. Is the end game the best game or do they just need to keep winning? Are they future-proofing the Matildas? Tony Gustafsson, he says yes. This is what it's all about. We're seeing the same sort of argument as far as our test team is concerned. Are they future-proofing George Bailey and his team of selectors, Tony Donomate, are they future-proofing the Australian team? No. We're going to get into test selection as well. The openers, Usman Khawaja, wasn't just stadiums. He was talking about mascots and sports streaming. All on the menu this morning, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Let's go straight to Red Bank Plains. Shane on his way to – I'm tipping work this morning. Shane, very good morning to you. Morning, 
No, no you're right. There would have there'd be a cost, and there'd be money dipped into the state government coffers, and that's the whole point. Usman saying, "Well, we need some sort of compensation. Why don't we make it here?" Shane, can I put it to you? When was the last time you went to? It's now called QSAC at QE2 Stadium. Um, when was the last time you were there? Uh, I went to see Guns N' Roses about four years ago there. Outstanding. How did you get there to see the Gunners? A bus. Free bus. Free bus from, and then yep. did it take you straight to the stadium? Did you have to get it from Garden City, Chermside, where, whereabouts? How did it all work? Uh, straight to the, we got a train and then a bus straight to the stadium. Final question to you. How long did that take? Oh, it's about half an hour, but there's plenty of parking there too. If you wanted to drive there, I just got on the, got on the liquid for the night, so yeah. we couldn't drive, obviously. All right, mate, no, this is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They've, yeah, they've got the the two or three level parking centre. Yeah, that's that that's that's a fair shout. Things have changed. Shane, thank you, thank you for the first hand account as well. Th- this is my issue though with QSAC. I mean, as much as it's going to have an upgrade, and if you've sat in those aluminium stands, yeah, they haven't changed since the Broncos played there in the late nineties, early two thousands. So there's going to be half. There's going to have to be a substantial upgrade there. Getting there, that that's the problem. Getting 40,000, 50,000, which it holds, you're not all driving there, are you? Because there's not 50,000 car parks or even half that, 25,000. And as much as they built the car park in this arena, it still doesn't work. Catching the bus, catching the train, how long does it take you to get there? Shane just said about half an hour, and he's coming from Red Bank Plains. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Can the Lions play at QSAC as well? Because for me, it's all about getting both teams, both sports in the one spot. That's the most cost-effective way, right? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is open to you. Plenty to talk about over the next, well, three hours. Right now, let's welcome in Vanessa Gibson with the news update. Good Hello, morning. Vanessa. I'm good. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, happy Tuesday to you. We are still talking stadiums. We're still talking. Yes. And, and, take, <laughs> and it's taken a different spin now. Usman mm. is saying, let's get out to Albion. Queensland Cricket want their home. And the Lions will be saying exactly the same. Let's get out to Springfield. Oh, look, it's certainly not the last we will be talking about this issue. But, um, yeah, watch this space, I suppose. Um, now, in other news today, the state's north is on weather watch this morning because we are getting word that a severe tropical cyclone could form uh, today in the next couple of days. If it does form in Australia's territory, it will be called Tropical Cyclone Jasper. Um, But the Bureau says there are still a few potential routes it could take. So we don't know yet if it will make landfall with the Queensland coast, but obviously keeping a very close eye on that. Now, Westpac customers have been left unable to access their money overnight. Um, Customers were reporting couldn't transfer money, couldn't pay bills. Some people stuck at the supermarket with a trolley full of groceries, couldn't pay, had to leave empty-handed. The bank says it has been fixed now. Um, Some people, though, calling for compensation, saying, you know, we were left pretty inconvenienced. And look, finally, it's nearly that time of the year when Time magazine is naming its 2023 Person of the Year. They've released the shortlist. 
So here's a few of those who have made the time of the the person of the year mm. list, um, and it, they say that the criteria is a individual, group, or concept that has had the most influence on the world in the last twelve months. Hang on, so I'm going to stop you there for a second. There, so I want to hear this list. Mm. Sorry, but but a concept mm-hmm. can be the time person of the Correct. year. Correct. Yes, and it could be for good or for bad. All right, I'm done. All right. So here's some of <laughs> those on the shortlist. Hollywood strikers. So the actors and writers. Oh, right. I, I thought that was a yes. team. No, 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 no. Not a, not a sporting <laughs> what team. What sport do they no, play? <laughs> no. Those who right. went on strike looking for a better deal. Uh, oh, the Chinese oh. president, Xi Jinping, he's on the shortlist. <laughs> Taylor Swift, one of our favourites here <laughs> at SEN. Yeah. Those who prosecuted Donald Trump over right. um, his various yeah. uh, <laughs> issues. Um, Barbie, as a... <laughs> As a concept, I think, because obviously the movie yeah. really influenced a lot of people this year. And King Charles III, our new monarch. Hmm. So we'll find out. Well, just that reaction right there. Hmm. Yes. Not, is, is, that, is the <laughs> okay. list that inspiring? Is 2023 there being that much well, of a dud that, that that is the list for the well, time person? Well, I'm looking at that list. Nothing inspires, really. Okay. Who would you choose out of it? That's not the entire short list, but that's kind of the key Key ones. Barbie for you, Taylor Swift. (laughs) Taylor Swift made $78 million Mm -hmm. just from Spotify, just from my daughter downloading her songs and her friends. Then there's the concerts, then there's the film, then there's the influence she's having on the NFL Mm. by just attending Kansas City matches with her new boyfriend. It, yeah, it's remarkable. Her influence has been huge. <sighs> twenty twenty three, <laughs> get in the bin. Let's just move on. We'll if find that's out later this week who the winner is. I want the Hollywood Strikers to form a team. Anyway, <laughs> Ness, yeah. thank, thank you. Uh, we're running late for traffic. Hopefully, you're not running late for work. It's six twenty one. State of origin. Maroon, we bleed it. But right now, we are hearing that there is well, there's a push to open up State of Origin to those who wouldn't go on and play for Australia. I can't believe this. I can't believe this is even something that they would contemplate. It is the, well, the thought bubble of Wayne Pearce and the ARL Commission. According to reports, he's sending out Billy Slater, he's sending out Mark, uh, Michael Maguire, the, news blue, the new Blues coach, to get their take on this. I think it's a hot take. I think it would devalue the game. But... Let's find out from someone who's been there and done it before. He's our great mate from Fox Sports. He's uh, been a Bronco. He's been a Warrior. Uh, he's been a Cowboy. He's been a Kangaroo. He's been a Maroon. Brent Tate, a very good morning to you. Uh, State of origin, opening it up to all comers. That can't be a thing, can it? Oh, Benny, I'd be horrified to think that they'd do something like that. Um, you know, it's the greatest concept. It's born out of, you know, living in Queensland or, you know, living in New South Wales and having passion for the jersey. Um Mate, if they did that, I don't think I'd watch it because it's not what it's about. Um, it's not what the fabric of State of Origin is born about. And I think if they did it and opened it up, it completely changes the concept of State of Origin. So for me, they're really dicing with danger there. It's, you know, the greatest jewel in the crown of rugby league. And 
There's an old saying, mate, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So leave it alone. Tati, I'm with you on this. And look, two people agreeing on radio is not the best thing, but this has got to have a line drawn in the sand. We can't be tinkering with this because at the heart and soul of any representative um, game, any sport, you represent your district, you represent then your city, you represent then a zone, then you get into state level, and at the pinnacle of it all, is to represent your country, the green and gold, in in whatever sport and whatever endeavour. Surely that's still got to be the heart of this. Yeah, absolutely, Benny. Um, as I said, mate, I just I, I think if you start playing around with that, it just it, it affects. You know, state of origin is so great because of the passion everyone has for their state. Um, and if you got someone that's sort of you know moved over here and um, you know, and I know this has happened in the past, but you know if they open it right up, it becomes a it becomes a free for all and. You know, when you when you're hearing the anthem and you got your hand in your, you know, the Queensland emblem and you and you listen to uh, you listening to the anthem, it's mate, it's about the pride and the passion. And um, yeah, mate, I, I, honestly, I'm flabbergasted that they're even thinking about tinkering with these with the rules. And um, as I said, mate, I I think it'd have dire effect on what State of Origin is about, where it's been born and the history of it. And um, I know you've always got to keep moving forward, but it's not as if it's, um, you know, the product's still not great. It's still supported. You know, everyone loves it and everyone gets around it. So, yeah, funny one. See, Victor Radley, Victor the Inflictor, when he pledged his allegiance to England, he would know that he's giving up state of origin eligibility. It's It would have been a tough ask or maybe an easy one for him because of, you know, his his heritage and, and, and wanting to represent, um, I'm sure it's his father's side, you know, but you know that that's the sacrifice you make. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure, you know, when Victor, you know, made a decision like that, you know, you, you got to sit down and really think about it, and you got to you got to understand, you know, when he pulls that, you know, the the jersey on of of England, that you know he's he's playing with some pride and some passion and some you know some mm. history about his family. So, I mean, you've got to have a connection to it, and and I just think sometimes if you open it up and you know you got guys, you know, Pacific descent or something like that, and and look, I know he doesn't play like they do now. Um, I just mean if they open it right up, it, I, I just think it it completely devalues what it's all about, and. Mate, I think um, with the rise of Pacific Nations and the test matches that we've got, um, you know, I, I think we can build out their calendar now, especially, you know, all Samoa and Tonga and, um, mm. you know, got Fiji and PNG. The, these nations have risen um, and, and, you know, they're, they're becoming really competitive. So, you know, maybe look at putting something together for them, you know, you know, uh, around the state of origin period where they can, you know, create their own history. So, yeah, it's a funny one, mate, and um, I'm with you. And I think... Uh, Nearly every one of the Queenslanders would be the same that we don't want it touched. Damien on text line has said, hey, I'm sorry, Ben and Brent, but would even the likes of Tom Malolo or Victor make the bench for origin? He makes a good point. I mean, if if <laughs> who would you who would you drop off to bring one of these players in? So, um, but Tati, you and I are both agreeing that this uh, should not happen. But others may have a different view. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six. The Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is open for you. Hey, mate. While I've got you, um, there's a. I reckon you're the perfect person to talk to about this because you've had to make this same decision that Kurt Capewell is facing right now. We know that there is a three-year deal on the table from the Warriors for him to go and extend his career over there. He's still got a year to go at Red Hill. 
But after that, the Broncos have said, look, we can't offer you another contract at the end of this one. We've we've got the future to look forward to. We've got um, too many others that we need to re-sign. You're not in our plans going forward. Thank you for your service. I remember coming to your place. Oh, God, how long was it ago? You were at Ashgrove and you'd made that decision to go across the ditch. What was the lure to go to the Warriors and play in New Zealand? Um, well, well, speaking of... Um you know, passion for your state. I just didn't want to live in New South Wales. And, and that's honest. I, I did not have any inkling to go to Sydney at all. So, um, mate, I thought I'd rather pack up my family and go across the ditch to New Zealand. And and honestly, Benny, the three years I had over there, mate, was the three of the best years I've had playing rugby league. Like, I absolutely love playing at the Warriors. I love the club. I love living in New Zealand and Auckland. Um, and I love the supporters over there. It was, um, you know, playing in front of, you know, sometimes on a on a really rainy night, you get twelve thousand amount smart. Felt like thirty two thousand at um, at Suncorp or fifty thousand at Suncorp. So, mate, a great place to play. I think um, I think it's a really mature position the Bronx are taken here. Um, you know, they've been really upfront and honest with Kirk Capewell, and you know, told him that he's got twelve months, but beyond that, they won't. Um, you know, he's definitely at the back end of his career. Um, he's got a three year deal on the table. Um, I think he's been great for Brisbane. Um, I think he's done a really good job in, you know, what they brought him there for was to bring that professionalism. Professionalism, um, You know, he come from really good systems out of Penrith. And, mm. and I think he's had a huge effect on, you know, those younger guys in Brisbane about how to prepare and be a pro. Um, you know, if they let him go now, I, I don't think they lose too much in letting him go. Um, you know, he's... And I, I don't want this to sound harsh, but it's almost like he's served his purpose and they've got young guys coming through, like yeah. Sakura now, who had an outstanding back end of the season, who probably, you know, starts like that would, would uh, you know, overtake Capel anyway. So uh, I think it's a really mature approach by everyone. If he, um, you know, if Kurt does take the three years, I don't think anyone would begrudge him. And, you know, no. I think Brisbane are probably doing the right thing if they let him go. Hey, Taddy, I, I, I was reading some quotes from Cameron George, the, the Warriors CEO, trying, trying to do the sell, and he was saying New Zealand this and that and some of the things you spoke about. But he also said that, that the tax the tax benefits, the tax breaks are, are better. I've got no idea about the New Zealand tax system. Is that something that <laughs> that, that is actually a, a consideration? And, and what is it? What's the attraction? Well, it is, Benny, until you've got to move back to Australia and bring the money with you. That's, that's when the problem becomes That's when it becomes a problem. Um, so Cameron can talk about all the tax breaks in the world, which there is no stamp duty and that sort of thing over in NZ But um, when you're buying a house. But, uh, you know, it does become a problem if uh, the Kiwi dollar's not great against the Australian and you've got to come home. So, that's fair. Um, but look, at the end of the day, mate, he's going to get paid handsomely over there. And, um, mate, for him to go over there and spend three years in New Zealand... Um, Mate, it, it is a great place to live, um, and you know what a what a great experience for him. And yeah. uh, I think uh, he's not going to a club that's not a genuine premiership threat either. You know, I think yeah. I think it's a real win for him. He's going to a club that, honestly, I, I think next year, um, if they get it right, could be you know as a premiership threat as anyone. Beautiful stuff, Tady. Brilliant chat as always. I'm going to leave you with this one. In fact, you can leave us with this. I'm talking about mascots or halftime entertainment. Rocket Man is coming back to the Gabba for Big Bash after 10 years. You had Buck the Bronco, the horse that always say, I think he still does laps now, but it's Buck what point? Probably the fourth version, fifth version of Buck. What is the best mascot or the best entertainment, the best thing you've seen in sport? Oh, geez, I don't know, mate. I've never really uh, taken too much notice, to be honest. I did love Buck. Uh, I do I do remember Buck slipping over at uh, Suncourt one night, and they banned that after a little while, after he had a bit of a slip. Um, 
Mate, Rocket Man's always fought with danger for me, I think. Uh, <laughs> what could I go wrong? Possibly. Oh, what no. could go wrong? <laughs> hey, did you ever take part <laughs> in one own. of those grand final races, you know, the sprints? Were you? Was that ever your no. domain? No, no, definitely didn't, mate. Um, probably the best halftime entertainment I've ever seen, mate. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a little, it's a carnival up here in Townsville called the Laurie Spina. So about 74 teams in under 10s or 11s come from everywhere all over Australia. Yeah. And at halftime, one of the Cowboys games, they have, um, about a thousand of these kids on the field and they have a big relay. And, mate, it is just so much fun to watch up here and the kids absolutely love it. It's crazy. Good stuff, mate. Hey, listen, if we don't talk to you before, Chrissy, have a Merry Christmas and we'll talk to you in the new year. Brent Tate from Fox Sports. He's been there and done it all uh, when it comes to rugby league, speaking a lot of sense. Nathan, firstly, congratulations. Captain of the Prime Minister's eleven. Yeah, um, it's a great honour, I guess, and probably something I wasn't quite expecting. I'm just happy to get the opportunity to play, and captains, yeah, as I said, a great honour, and um, I'm really excited to be plenty of learning opportunities and can't wait. So how does that work? Does Albo give you a call and say, mate, this is, I want you to, I want you to represent me as captain? <laughs> Not quite. Um, the selectors, uh, Tony Donovan and George Bailey, let me know, um, but I have been told that I have to give a speech at Parliament House on Tuesday evening, so um, I'm not the best at times speeches and I don't need that pressure so I'll need to get my notes in order and take a deep breath and hopefully it goes all right. How do you start? Do you drop a joke? Do you make it funny, light-hearted? I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not that funny so I'm going to try and just keep it really short and sharp I think. <laughs> uh, some great orators at Parliament House too so you'll be in good company. Now what about the speech you make before the game because obviously the entire country's watching this there's there's a fair few test auditions isn't there? Yeah, I think for me it's probably not going to be much. I mean, we've come together for probably a one-off game. Um, there's so many players that have played plenty of cricket around the world. Um, I'm just going to be there trying to soak up as many learning opportunities and learn off the likes of Bancroft, Renshaw, Green. Um, so there's got to be, as I said, there's guys that have played cricket for 15, 10, 15 years already. So um, I'm just looking forward to seeing how they go about and uh, learn as much as I can. Wait, that, that's weird because you're the captain. They, they should be learning off you, right? <laughs> Um, I think, obviously, they probably, with the captaincy, you know, Jimmy Pearson, captains for Queensland, um, you know, Cam Bancroft could definitely do it as well. I think they just see it as a great experience for me to get in a group that I don't know and not that comfortable in, probably, and, and see how I go. And I've been lucky enough to get the go in the last couple of Australia A games. So I think they think, hopefully, you know, one day, um, you know, giving me the experience now could um, help my leading hopefully for one day South Australia and if I keep making runs and the dream is to play for Australia and if I get the captain that one day would be you know, childhood dream. Well that's the thing mate the, the, the move for you from, from Brizzy from North Queensland to, to South Australia it's it's paid off, things are looking good. Yeah. We I hate think... saying that but things are looking <laughs> good for you. Yeah, I think, you know, getting an opportunity in South Australia to play um, consistently and then making runs is just, um, you know, my confidence probably and my self-belief have got to a level now. I think I can just go out there and play my natural game, which is massive for me. I just hope I can keep doing it and keep trying to be more consistent and, you know, making more runs. The obvious... What everyone is looking at out of this game is is who takes over from Davey after he pulls uh, pulls stumps at uh, after the Sydney Test. You've played against Renners, you played with Renners against Cam Bancroft, uh, against the leading contenders. Yep. Who, who in your mind ha- has their nose in front? No pressure. Yeah, it's a tough question. So yeah, we've got three openers probably playing this game: Marcus Harris, Renshaw, Bancroft. Um, well, it's, okay, Marcus, he's almost the forgotten one, isn't yeah. he? Even though he's been part of yep. the, the Test setup. Yeah, for me, I think uh, I think I like to think 
the runs that Bancroft have made in Shield cricket's probably made it pretty hard not to not to pick him. Um, in saying that, I think if all three got the opportunity to play, they'd do a good job. So they've all made runs at some point throughout this year and have done for the last five years. So um, I don't think there's a bad bad choice. I was going to say that that's, that's not the North's Toomble rivalry, is it, with yourself <laughs> <laughs> and Renners? Yeah, if Renners gets the job, I think yeah. he, he'll do a fantastic job as well. I just it'd be it'd be a bit stiff on Bancroft, I think, with the sheer amount of runs he's made over the last yeah five years. Okay, that, from a player's point of view, then that that's the ideal, isn't it? You're making runs at Shield level, you then make the next step up. You want that rewarder, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone playing Shield cricket, you know wants to play for Australia and the you know the stepping stone I guess is probably just banging the door down as a batter and making runs after runs which Bancroft uh, has done so I mean as a batter hopefully one day playing for Australia I think you know my mind's pretty set on just make as many runs as I can for South Australia and you know put your best foot forward so it'd be nice to see if Bancroft gets that reward. We should be talking about you. I mean, that's the thing. Captain of the Prime Minister's 13. But what this does do as well, it means that when we do get to see you in the teal back at home for Brisbane, that's not going to be for a couple of matches, is it? Yeah, so unfortunately we missed the the first and second match against the Stars in Adelaide, down in Adelaide, um, which is, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a, a weird situation because obviously being picked for PM's 11 is a great honour and I can't wait to get out there and play. Um but also there's only 10 Big Bash games this year and um, missing out on two is not ideal. But I think with the depth of the squad we've got, um, you know, with Marnus and Uzi coming in for that first game um, against the Stars at the Gabba will be massive for us. And hopefully when I see the boys in Canberra on the, for the third game, we've got two wins. The Heat, 10 games, made the final last year. Uh, you're right that the pressure's on, but the depth, you need that depth because you'll be calling on every single person because of test call-ups, because of players internationally coming in and yep. out. Yeah, I think, you know, the teams that win comms always rely on a squad effort. It's not just the 11 people playing. So definitely there'll be boys in our squad that play an important part um, for us to going to win the, the win the BBL. And they might not play every game, but I think it's important, you know, if you've got that that depth in your squad, those one-off games, those guys come in and, and perform and they can win your matches. So I think um, we've definitely got the depth in the, in the in the team and the squad to do it. So hopefully we can just get out there and, and play the way we want to and, and get a few wins early. Like you know pretty well from Adelaide, Big Spence, I mean, he was a revelation last summer, wasn't he? Yeah, well, this time last year, um, you know, Spence was probably an unknown, really. You know, he came up here, um, hadn't played, he was playing sec 11 cricket in South Australia and um, Chucky Second gave him gave him an, uh, an opportunity and since then we've just been watching on TV all around the world so um, he's raring to go he's fit, he's firing um, I can't wait to see him bowl and he's itching to get back out in the field Has anyone seen him and Dr Chris Brown in the same room? Just, just ask <laughs> No, no, unfortunately not <laughs> but, Do you give him a bit about that? I mean it's his doppelganger right? Yeah, I mean I don't. he doesn't really need to get any more um, yeah, compliments on, on his looks. He, he spends plenty of time in the mirror, and if I look like that, I probably would too, to be fair. Uh, two final ones. So the Heat, we're, we're going to see Rocketman back. You're going to miss that, yeah, though, but, but Rocketman back at the Gabba. Yeah, I think, I mean, since I was a kid, I used to love going to the first Big Bash game and um, getting to the Gabba and the Rocketman. Um, yeah, I just hope that, you know, Brisbane, you know, is itching for a game of cricket, and hopefully the weather's good and we can get as many people out as possible and the boys can put on a good show as well as the Rocket Man. Yeah. The goals for this season, obviously the grand final last year, you need to go one better this time around, yeah? Yeah, I'd like to think we're all, you know, from
from from that experience we can learn from it and we'll be better for it if we get in that scenario again so everyone's definitely hungry we haven't forgotten about that so hopefully we can uh, yeah hit the ground running and take it really deep Nathan McSweeney I'll let you go you've got a speech to work on Parliament House (laughs) thanks man cheers thank you very much the hypothesis what are you actually testing here Who's actually got the character to stand up to these people? How do we get them to play and show what they can do as individuals when it, when it's clearly just... It's almost like cannon fodder. I'm getting very emotional with my language here. I don't want to offend people, but it might be too late for that. It's Showing good passion. It's almost like... just It's like cannon fodder. Cannon fodder. That is the voice of Andy Harper, frustrated, passionate, after the weekend's loss to Canada by the Matildas. 5-0 they went down. It was It was a thrashing. But they were cannon fodder. They were like lambs to the slaughter. Ten changes Tony Gustafsson made to this side. Two on debut. More than half the side had less than 15 caps. Is that a good result for Australia? It was the Matildas' first loss since the World Cup. He has said, I'm doubling down. I'm going to continue this experiment against the Olympic champs. They play in 24 hours' time uh, in Canada again. Yes, it's a friendly, but, geez, there wasn't much friendly about this result. Future-proofing the Matildas. Is this a good idea, or do they need to be getting into habits, into momentum coming into an Olympic year? Let's bring in our great mate from Code Sports, former Socceroo, Robbie Slater. I'm sure he's got a take on this. Robbie, good morning to you. Future-proofing the Matildas. Is this a good ploy from Tony Gustafsson? So, look, mate, I think you hit the nail on the head. And um, Well, in respects to, you said, which one is it? And it's the latter. Of course, you should be building momentum towards the Olympics because uh, it's not that far away. And, um, yeah, when you look at the team lineup, look, I get experimenting. I get it. But, you know, when you're experiment, experimenting with, with, you know, players that haven't got a lot of caps or no caps, I mean, you need experience next to them. But when you looked at the bench, when Egmont, Fowler, Kennedy, Razzo, Gorry, Cooney Cross, you know, Catley Ford, Claire Hunt, I mean, that's your starting 11. Um, you need some experience around the new girls, particularly when you're playing the current gold medalists uh, in Canada, in, you know, in their own backyard. So, yeah, look, I'm, you know, Tony sometimes does some quite bizarre things, in my opinion. Um, and I think this is one of them. Now, for him to double down in 24 hours, I think would be a massive mistake because... And I go back to the World Cup now for, you know, the great occasion it was, and it was. Uh, you know, and there was a couple of pretty good performances from the Matildas. But by and large, if you take away the emotion and the popularity of the Matildas, if you actually take away the emotion, they underperformed. Uh, you know, they, they lost the semi-final and they lost the third and fourth playoff and they were beaten well in those games. And, you know, when you look at France, I know it was a great moment, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, being, I'm not being the Grinch of Christmas here or a killjoy, <laughs> um, but you know it was Courtney Vine's you know now famous penalty that sent us through. Yeah. So I would have thought, given the way we finished the tournament, you know, literally without a win from uh, the round of 16 uh, in normal time, because as I said, the penalty shootout was Courtney Vine's penalty. We didn't win that game in normal time. I would have thought you'd need to start building up a bit of momentum. Um, and you don't get many games before big tournaments. And, you know, these two games against quality opposition, as we saw in that first game, uh, was the perfect opportunity. Okay, like I said at the start, I get it, you've got to blood players. 
but put them around experienced players. And especially when you're missing the likes of Sam Kerr, uh, Mackenzie Arnold, and there's a host of other players who, who are also unavailable because of injury and and uh, and, uh, and and other factors coming into this. What 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 Robbie? What what can it do to a side when you when you get losses like this? I mean, we can talk about character building, we can talk about getting that experience, but if that experience is a negative one, in your experience. What does that do for a player and young players if it is a negative experience in, in a team environment like this? No, of course it can. A 5 nil drubbing could have been more. Yeah. Uh, that certainly affects uh, the players' confidence because, you know, they would come off and think, oh, you know, you know, such and such, you know, weren't playing, you know, was I good enough? You know, obviously we're not good enough. All these things run around players' heads and that's why those players need, you know, experience around. You know, you, you start with five or six of your very best players and starting 11 players, and then you can sprinkle, you know, debutants and, and, and players that you want to have a look at around them. But if you put them all on together and you get smashed like that, that, that group of players just goes, well, yeah, obviously we're not good enough. And I, when I'm saying that, you know, it's an unconscious thing as well. Um, Tony, we know his future's uh, up in the air. Is this um, the fact that he's experimenting, the fact that he is trying to future-proof the Matildas, does that give us an indication that he is going to stick around, he's going to be here for the long haul? Um, well, you know, he was asked on his future and he didn't answer it. Uh, yeah. He's been, linked, he's been linked to many jobs. I, I got the feeling that, you know, he's not going to be around if he gets an opportunity, uh, and I think he'll be gone. Uh, I, I just, I do, I get that vibe from him. Yeah, Robbie, and see, the, the, you kind of then wonder then what's the method to this madness? Is, is he almost hitting the self-destruct button before he's out the door, or if he's uh, looking to uh, make sure that they are better down for the future, you hope they stick around? Uh, hey, mate, in the next 15 minutes or so, we're, we're hearing the Socceroos are going to have a, a fairly major uh, announcement. There's a media conference called uh, in uh, in Sydney. Arnie's going to be there. Uh, the Minister for Tourism in New South Wales. Uh, do we have an inkling about what this could be as far as Football Australia and the Socceroos? Yeah, mate, I spoke to Arnie yesterday. He's met with the Minister for Tourism and he's got himself a really good deal to go to Hawaii next month. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am, leaning in, thinking, we are going to get the scoop here. What is it? (laughs) I I knew you would be, but uh, no, no. Look, as I said, I did speak to him. um, And uh, look, I have a relationship with him where, you know, we're best mates. I don't abuse... You know that I, I don't ask him things that you know maybe uh yeah yeah you know, he can't really talk about so no it'll be interesting um, what I'd like to hear come from from the government and look I think it's rather unlikely although you know the government do like to throw around a lot of money I mean up here they've talked about six hundred million for a rugby league team in Papua New Guinea. Mm. Which is extraordinary, given what people are going through at the moment. You know, cost of living, and yeah, I'm not going to go into that, but I think that's pretty obvious for everyone. But but um, so a home of football is what really uh, the Socceroos need. So I don't know if the Minister for Tourism is going to be there for that one. But um, well, actually, actually, um, Robbie, I'll just I'll, yep. he is also the Minister for Jobs. 
and tourism. So so maybe creating a home of football, a centre of excellence yeah. that could create jobs. That could oh, I don't know. I'm clutching here, but we, we oh, know no. that we know there's a significant announcement coming up in about 15 minutes' time. So we'll keep across that one. And mate, I, I, yeah. I'm glad. I, you know what? I'm glad that you and Arnie have that uh, relationship still, and and you will not uh, uh, will not break it. So um, uh, kudos to you, mate. Appreciate it. Top guy. Thank you very much, boys. Good to chat.